You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 77, Paul Gettle. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, meet Paul Gettle, founder and owner of Cars by Gettle. Darren spent some time hanging out in Paul's massive outbuilding, a space dedicated to car repair, restoration, and customization. Paul has decades of fascinating stories about buying and selling collectible and exotic cars and taking incredible road trips. Not only is Paul involved in local car clubs and events, he has piled on myriad miles traversing North America on his motorcycles. To him, the best way to travel is to make new friends with the locals by asking about the coolest places to visit off the beaten path, especially any points of interest not listed in the travel book. There is wisdom in Paul's tales. You're going to enjoy them. Great car stories are ready to go. So, let's get revved up. Tubers to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren, and this is episode 77. Today, we're going to be hanging out in a very large car renovation restoration building of Paul Ghetto. Paul is the former owner of Cars by Ghetto, which was a large uh, car dealership broker just outside of Carlisle near Middlesex, Pennsylvania, and uh, really fascinating guy. Car guy through and through has crisscrossed the country multiple times by car on motorcycles. Seen it all, had some great adventures, and is chock full of great stories. And I uh, am glad to uh, to know Paul and be friends with him. In fact, Paul helped me get into the uh, large car club that I just joined earlier this year. He uh, was my sponsor and uh, helped me get into uh, this group of uh, great uh, car people. But before we get into that, let's talk about what's happening at the AACA Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And from our friends at the AACA Museum, we wanted to share with you the they had the Corvette raffle for a 2020 Corvette. And we have uh, information on that raffle drawing. Third prize went to Stan Drazik of Attleboro, Massachusetts. He won $1,000. Second prize of $3,000 went to Victor Burns of Clarence, PA. And that winner of the 2020 VET, or $35,000, is Leniro Ashford of Shepherdstown, West Virginia. So congratulations to all the winners of the AACA Museum 2020 Corvette drawing. Thank you to everyone who supported the AACA Museum Incorporated by purchasing a ticket. And thank you on behalf of the AACA to Click Lewis Chevrolet. We've been talking about the Autos and Ales tickets going on sale, and those are selling real fast. So the 10th anniversary of that event will be happening on November 1st. Tickets are still available at autosandales.com. In fact, new breweries are being added just this week under the Bridge Stout and Cube Brewing. With Halloween happening just next week, don't miss the Trunk or Treat, which will be happening October 27th from noon to three at the AACA Museum in Hershey. Dress in your costume, enjoy a trail of treat stations throughout the entire museum. Admission is just $9.50 per person for anyone age four and older. And as always, members are admitted free to the museum. Yet another reason to become a member. So check that out. So lots happening at the AACA Museum to the east of Carlisle with our friends in Hershey. Some upcoming events to talk about for the AACA Museum in Hershey. Corvette Racing Weekend will be presented by Michelin. It's slated for October 25th. This event features a variety of Corvette racing speakers and activities. Visit aacamuseum.org for details. Advanced registration is required to attend this event. The Night at the Museum event, which was held October 9th, a lot of fun. It was uh, extremely well done by by the folks at the AACA Museum. And with that, uh, they honored this year the 
Carlisle Events founders, the late Chip Miller and Bill Miller Jr. In fact, uh, Bill Miller uh, was able to, was there to receive, and Lance Miller, uh, Chip's son, was there to uh, accept on behalf of his his late father. Really nice event and uh, extremely well done. Very proud of uh, being affiliated with Carlisle Events and what they've been able to do since uh, over all these these years. Which is a perfect segue to this week's trivia question, which is. When was the first Carlisle Events or Carlisle Productions, as it was formerly known, the first car show? When was that held? And the clue is um, it was in the early part of a decade, a couple back. So that answer and a little bit of explanation here at the end of this episode. So for now, let's head to the uh, along the North Mountain, just north of Carlisle. We'll hang out and spend some time with my friend, Paul Gettle. You know, he'll lift the body off low, and he took it to a show and got first place. Oh, my word. Yeah, and he never even got home with it. He took it left and went right to the show. <laughs> he was proud. Well, I can see why. Yeah, he was proud. Wow, that's I'm gorgeous. I'm not going to waste a bunch of time. I would no, just want to see gorgeous. if I can find Chip's car. Well, this 355 Ferrari. There's a stag. Oh, my god! Remember those? No, I don't. That's Triumph V8. No kidding, a V8 in that thing. Yeah. Well, that would go like the, like the. Dickens. Oh yeah, it's cool. Is that a permanent hardtop or would that lift off? No, lift off. Lift off. Okay. Yep. Wow, I'm, I'm not yep. familiar with that. Oh, you aren't. Not that yeah, particular. That was a cool no. Car. Mm. I'm just trying to find them. If I can find mm. it real quick. Now, this here. That's a big. For JCB out oh, of Georgia. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And it was most average or most photographed uh, construction equipment. We painted at 300 hours and did it in uh, a week and a half. For Keen, that then they had, they couldn't do it, so they contracted me to do it. And then, let's see. I guess oh, I didn't. there, see it? Oh, yeah, up on the. Then they did a picture. I think they just, whatever you do. Superimposed it, yeah. But. We pay. That was a brand new one. Then it was in their showroom for years. I didn't realize. I guess that you had such a uh, big paint shop and everything back behind. This you. was the one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we painted these, and we paint four a day. Oh my! Wow. Oh yeah, we painted the hell out of this stuff. Jeez. I was just kind of hoping to find. What's the engine bay on there? That's gorgeous. Oh, it's a Hemi. That's dressed up nice. I can't remember what Hemi. Mm. I had quite a few Hemis, so. Wow. But, yeah, we had a, had a lot of them. I mean, a lot. I was going to try to find a picture of Chip's car. Yeah, that Because that might be nice for you. Absolutely. And he can still have, they may still have the car for all I know. Mm -hmm. But Chip and I, we had a lot of fun. We got along really good, Chip. I like Chip. Chip was a hobbyist. Here's a car I bought in, uh, but that in Pittsburgh. Ooh, is that a Mach? A 302? Oh. There's a Chevelle. Uh, yeah, here's a guy who sold that Ferrari, too. Uh, he looks happy. And then this for JCB. You look like at there. Damn fly. Okay, Holy man. cow. Did, <laughs> with the big old stack pipes on there? Yeah, that, that whole thing is fiberglass. And the stones in the bucket was fake and all. That was their uh, wow. for tractor pulls. Yeah. To drag tractor. Yeah. Oh, that thing would shake the walls when you start it and all. It was, it was a pretty cool vehicle, that's actually. That's very cool. Yeah. And we used to fix it when they wow. would damage it. But that was a cool tractor. Really great concept. Yeah. And there's a car that I bet you we pulled the engine out and put a Nissan 6 somewhere. I bet you that guy's kicking his ass. That's a DB2. Is that an Aston Martin? Yeah. Yep, DB2. They're a quarter million dollars. I was going to say the value yeah. dropped as soon as he put that Nissan yeah. on. Yeah, they were pretty cool cars, all those. Wow. And this here, I'm not sure, but I think this is a tape of one at Carlisle Vents. And uh, Miss Corvette was a friend of mine. And uh, uh, Joy Ort, and she went down, of course, won it because it was her ninth contest mm -hmm. that she won that year. When she went up on the stage, all the girls were getting herself ready. She was up here drinking beer with, with us, and <laughs> she walked down and went right up. And Bill Miller said, Joy, she's yeah, he said, 
Well, he says, if you win this, how many contests is this year? Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, I couldn't even tell you all of them. Miss Mopar, all those, plus uh, uh, Tropicana. Mm, yes. All those yep. for yep. the bikini girls yep. and all. Mm-hmm. That was the ninth one she won that year. <sighs> Anyhow, so I had a 73 Corvette convertible. I mean, gorgeous car, orange mm. colored. Mm. And she rode on the back of it. She, I said, well, I'll take you on the parade through town. And uh, damn, she didn't end up buying the car from me. No so kidding. she had the car. Yeah, she ended up buying a that's car. A, that's a good sales pitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what you always got to do. You have to. You got to hustle. Yeah, oh, yeah. You got to. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, Paul Holly. You got started, how you got into the whole automotive hobby. Oh, I'd hanging around car guys all my life. Mm-hmm. I started in garage and uh, I was 10 years old. Okay. My brother had a garage. Well, he's going to hack. He's actually uh, become a. Uh, I don't know what he is. He designed bridges and buildings. Mm. Mm. Okay. Civil engineer or something. Yeah, yeah whatever mm. it is. Anyhow, so, but how he made his money to go to college was he worked in cars. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I just was played with cars and hung around garages my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I actually did. Well, I got into construction for a while, and I like it. I love to build and everything, mm-hmm. but I liked it enough not to want to do it for a living. Yeah, you know, it kind of, kind of ruins it. I was gonna say when you when you do uh, something all the time, it's no longer fun. Well, with the exception of this, because this I kept fun, mm-hmm. classic cars, and mm-hmm. I always done those. You know him; he's in our club. That's not Bruce himself, though, is it? Yeah, it's Bruce Larson. Is it? He's really? bring his cars to my grand openings. I had three garages. Steve Bruce Larson. Yeah. I had no idea he... Wow. Yep. Yeah, here's his car there, too. Holy cow. Oh, here we go. That's the car I sold Chip. Oh, my gosh. I have seen this car. I've seen this in some of the pictures of uh, Lance's. Oh, you did? I I think they may still... Well, Chip... I bought the car, and I thought, I'm going to call Chip. I wonder if he'd ever have any interest in one of these. And, uh... He said, yeah, so he ran down and got it and took it home for the weekend. I want to say they gave to him, his wife gave it to him for his 30th, or it was a birthday S- gift, I thought, yeah, the story 60, was. Or maybe 50th, or I don't know, but yeah, anyhow, yeah. He, uh, so he come down and looked at it and took it for a weekend, and then when he said, well, I want to take it, so then whenever he uh, come down to buy it, he said, man, Paul, he said, he said, I had fun with that, he said, I beat the hell out of it because it would steal your car. I said, oh, that's okay, Chip. And he said, well, I'll take it. I said, that's good because I knew you were going to buy it, so I beat the hell out of it before you bought it. <laughs> so he laughed. I got you. I got you on the front end. <laughs> yeah, so. Wow. Then, uh, oh, my God, I had so many cars, though. Wow. But this is a cool car. Well, and then this car, I bought this and that orange Hemicuda and Excalibur. The Roadrunner there. From, uh, no, that's a Superbird. Oh, super. Okay. And right. I bought bought them one night about 10.30. Buddy and I bought cars from a Lambo dealer, mm-hmm. Ferrari Lambo in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I put the figure on it and the Hemi car and this other car. And he says, if we make a deal, he said, I'll get these in. Four in the morning, he called me. He said, we're down here at your car lot. Can you run down? I said, all right. So I ran down and paid him. That car, now this was probably in the early 90s. That car is never titled yet. 5,000 miles. Yep, that's all original. That it even is, has white walls on it. Factor. Uh, may I get a photo of that photo when we run here? That is yeah. Beautiful. So that was really cool. Wow. Five thousand miles. That's cool. on these, it. Yeah, that is cool. These are ones I definitely wanted to get photos of to put on the. Wow, oh, and that is so cool. I so I've seen a picture of a chip in this Corvette. I keep coming back to that picture. Oh no, kidding! Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. Wow. There it is. Well, I used to sell a lot of cars that went to England, mm-hmm. so a friend of mine invited me over to England. Oh, wow. And so I toured all over England, and there was Dover Castle. Yes. Look at yeah, that. all that. Wow. So, yeah, that was cool. Very neat. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah, Porsches. Wow. Oh, God. Oh, here's when I was painting all this green shit for uh, King. Oh, my But that gosh, was yeah. for, uh, what was the name of them? Sunbelt. Yes, somebody yeah, rental. That's yeah, that's who I painted. That's yeah. before the factory painted them for him. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Now, of all the, uh, do you have a favorite American-made manufacturer? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I lean towards Pontiac, but I'm pretty open. I'm not hung up. I've had a lot of Fords. I'll show you some pictures of a Ford I had, and that's the one I took on the power tour mm. last year. And did you do the power tour at no, all? No, tell me more about that. Oh, you haven't done that? No, I haven't. Oh, this car here, you'll like this. There used to be a show on TV called uh, L.A. Law. Oh, I, yeah, about I know. lawyers. I know all about it. Well, I bought that car. Then in the front, it would pull up, and it would say L.A. Law on the license plate. I know exactly that. Yeah, I bought that car. And you had to be a Porsche dealer to get it. And and I knew a Porsche dealer, so I bought it. I put a bid in and got the car. And, uh, oh, it only had, like, thousand miles on because see the agreement was Porsche is you can never take it off the uh studio lot uh okay. so that's, never never got over well. 20 miles an hour probably right oh I doubt that yeah, yeah. but that wow. was what it was when that car was uh, the cool. one on LA law so that was I, a pretty cool I car. know that I watched the show well there you go I had that car that's amazing yep I had that car and I sold that to a, a friend of mine in Branscom Missouri that had a uh Highline car lot, and I used to buy and sell them. Oh shit, a lot of cars. I mean, a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. I sold him. Uh, I Ooh. redid that truck. He bought it new in '70. That's gorgeous. And then I bought it and put a Corvette engine in. Or I mean, he bought had it. And I redid it for him. I put a Corvette engine in it and all that. Wow, that's oh, it's, and it looks like that yet. That's candy. Right there. Yeah. Oh, he kept truck absolutely gorgeous. That you know, that, that doesn't hold cam bark. That, that is no, not, no, that's not no, a working truck. No, <laughs> that is not a working truck. No, he truck. kept it nice. Well, he has one of his new Camaros. Him and I have been car buddies. Matter of fact, everybody I do business with, everybody I know, is a car person. Mm -hmm. Or I probably don't do business with them. And they probably you know. become a friend too. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've had an awful lot of fun through the years. But yeah, there's a lot of. I went through these pictures not too long ago, and I couldn't even possibly remember some of these cars. I was just totally Isn't that something? surprised. I guess just but based Corvettes, on Corvettes, I bought road Corvettes. Ooh. I had so many Corvettes. Yeah, it's a beautiful C2. Yeah, yep. I had a lot of Corvettes. Mm. Tons of Corvettes. I always... like. Oh, I, I remember um, in the late 80s coming past your lot and just always seeing cars that you normally wouldn't see in Carlisle. Yeah, exactly. Then everybody He's, jumped on it. Yeah. I think this is that 930 Turbo I bought. It was, it wasn't brand new, but yeah, it was a current year. It had like 600 miles on it. That is sharp. Yeah, that was the 930 Turbo. Mm. That you, was a pretty cool car. Do you have a favorite uh, foreign manufacturer? No, I actually don't have favorite. I like my Pontiac, but I'm I'm pretty much open to whatever. I buy anything if mm -hmm. I see it and I like it. Mm. Most of what I buy is what when I was a kid either my brother's friends had or when I was on the streets racing I had a GTO then mm. I remember cars like I remember guys 69 Chevelle coming in town pumpkin orange with Craigers well it went years later and I'm telling you 30 years later a lady called me and said she wanted to sell her super sport Chevelle just like his pumpkin orange with Craigers out of Pittsburgh and she said, well, I want to sell, but, you know, you may not be interested because it's orange. Well, that's actually what made it really desirable. So I bought it, but I bought it because I remember that guy Chevelle would come over the bridge yep. and down front and 2nd Street, and the lights it hit, it was so pretty with them wheels and all. Mm. It was really, it was gorgeous. Wow. So, you know, I kind of, you know, and then this white Ford, I'll show you a picture of it. I sold it. Guy come down from Rhode Island three weekends ago and bought it. But um, that's a guy about your age, mm -hmm. but he has two kids, about 15, 13 boys. So I'm glad to see that right. age group is buying this. Because it was 65 Galaxy Convertible. Ooh. I put a 390 in it. I'll show you a picture. Yeah, man. would love to oh, see Oh, it that. was a pretty car. Really beautiful. And I I'm... took that to the power tour. And that was pretty cool. Here's that Excalibur. One of the three, the Hemi Roadrunner um, and yeah. the other ones. Yeah. Well, that went to Sweden there. I sold it. That's when I was selling a lot of stuff. And I had a buddy. Every page, every handful I'd pick up is a 
Porsche. Oh my heavens. I had more Porsche. Who would ever think they'd be worth what they are? I mean, I had a pile of Porsches. You think I didn't? There was like a T-Bird there. And... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of Porsches. Corvettes. More Corvettes, and I wore myself out in Corvettes. <laughs> I was, I kind of get tired of them. Well, tell me a little bit about the uh, the street racing days, if you feel comfortable talking about back in well, the... Well, in the 60s, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, late 60s, I, I graduated in 70, but we were going racing on Thursday, Friday nights in Harrisburg. So, you know, we'd go to Harrisburg. I had GTO, mm -hmm. and I geared it real low. It was a 433 rear. Oh, my. And it surprised people because they were thinking, well, you know, he's got a bigger car, and I got a Z28 or whatever. But I'd pull them so bad through the gears that they couldn't catch up, even though it only do about 105 top end. Right, right. And that's because it was geared so low. But they couldn't catch up to me anyhow. you just take them right out of the hole. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh yeah, and it mm -hmm. would. And I had M&H Roadmasters wrinkle walls. They had, I don't know if you know what they were, but street legal, they had yeah. two grooves in them. Yep. Well, during the nice months, that's all I ran on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had little tires on the front. It was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful car, but that's what kind of got it started. Actually, I bought that from Freddie Franciscus. When Freddie had a car lot, you know where you go into Carlisle, uh, to register mm -hmm. that building there. Yeah. Well, that used to be Freddie. Freddie had a building there, and I had a used car lot called Freddie's. Okay. Freddie Franciscus, and okay. he was uh, he was the guy that was starting to sell the muscle cars back before they were muscle cars. Right. You know, in the sixties. They were and, just used cars. Yeah, right? they were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he was a character. He was a lot of fun, boy. You think he wasn't? Him and I got along really well. But yeah, I loved those cars. That but is. that's what I, uh, you know, get this shit out of the way. No worries. But that's, that's, uh, got me into it. Then I drag raced and that was fun. And cause I had the shifting down really well. Mm -hmm. So I'd go up to down to York or I'd go up here to Carla or to Boiling Springs. It was a, it was a quarter mile back then until they made it. No, eight. no, it was uh, three sixteenths. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was three sixteenths. Then they had to cut it back to eighth mile. Okay. But it was three sixteens and I I raced when I'd go up there on a Sunday I'd race probably at least three, four people's cars. Because they weren't good at shifting mm -hmm. and most guys would stick and I could get the best times out of them. Mm -hmm. So they would just always have me, I'd race one and I'd get another one like <laughs> that. And but I remember racing up there, my buddy had a sixty six Nova uh -huh. L L seventy nine, three fifty horse, three twenty seven. Yeah. Great car. Oh, yeah. Ford 10 rear headers. You know, we did it up a little bit. That's when we raced in Harrisburg a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I remember going up at quarter aces because they had no steering, no brakes or anything. No power brakes when we say no brakes. Right. No power brakes. Right. And, uh, hell, I remember racing that on the 316th. And when you get to the end, you put both feet, one foot on the other one like that. And just lay on it as hard as you could to get through the turn at the end. Otherwise, you'd end up. They had a know. they had a few pretty big mishaps. Oh up yeah, there's yeah. real big bad wrecks up there. Mm -hmm. But but anyhow, excuse me, having to do this. These oh, things yeah. drive me crazy. Yeah, the flies are not going to make it through this interview. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we raced. I raced down at York US Thirty. Yeah. You know, I had fun, but mm -hmm. I never got into it the way I should have because. I'm from a non-car family, mm. so I didn't have anybody to help promote me, mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to go about it, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what, to get somewhere really, you, you almost need to have a dad or yeah. somebody close right. that can tell you how to do Sponsor it. Sponsor or whatever else. Yeah, you know, you're need. 16, 17, 18, you're not. Yeah. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, so, anyhow, so yeah, that's that's where I raced a lot, and then we... We uh, drag race. I was never real big on the circle track cars, but mm. I sponsored them for advertising. Mm -hmm. But that was never really my mm -hmm. my thing, though. Yeah, I was used to clean, nice cars. Yeah, and they weren't clean and no. nice, so you know <laughs> they were usually banged up pretty good. <laughs> right. You know, right? But but that's a big thing. But a lot of my life is traveling, going places, looking mm. at cars. 
I, I was on the road every week I'd go from here to Teterboro hmm. buy cars and they okay. all had to be real pristine late model Ferraris okay. and Jaguars and anything like that mm-hmm. and then I'd sell them I had some people down in Atlantic City would buy him. So he was a Porsche dealer, mm-hmm. Mercedes dealer. So if I had something pristine, I'd buy it and I'd load it up. And then I'd head south from Teterboro mm-hmm. to Atlantic City and then I'd sell it. And then I'd come back to Carlisle. And I'd do that all in one day. That was a lot of driving plus buying. That is. And then I'd buy three or four cars and I'd send my dad and some friends out that uh, would pick the cars up mm-hmm. in Teterboro or Atlantic City mm-hmm. or drop them off, do the same thing again. Mm-hmm. And then the next day or day after, then I'd head to uh, Pittsburgh and mm. I'd buy cars there and then bring them back, you know? <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Like this, that car there, Yeah, that was a good story. That's an original 70 um, uh, Boss 302. Beautiful. It had the original fenders for 15 inch wheels. They were cut, drag pack, Ooh. still had rev limiter under the hood, everything. Yeah. And I went to a Mercedes dealer out there, okay? Well, when I went out there, they had that car sitting there. It always rains in Pittsburgh constantly. I don't know if you ever go there, but yeah, I've, it I've, never I've, stops raining. No, it doesn't. So, no. but I went out there and I was dealing a Mercedes dealer and I seen that sitting there. I said, do you want to, what are you doing with that boss? And uh, they traded it, and they said, well, we got problems with that car. I said, oh, what's the matter? He said, the head gaskets are out. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, let me look at it. So I went out and looked at it, and it was full of water, complete mm-hmm. full. But the water was, uh, was clear water. Mm-hmm. I thought, what in the hell? So they have a shaker hood on them, mm-hmm. and you had two hoses, one hose, went from the shaker hood to the PVC in the valve cover. The other one was a drain for the shaker for rainwater mm-hmm. to send it that down along the block. Well, here, when they serviced it, they put it on backwards. Oh, my God. So when it would rain, they hooked the hose up for the rainwater to go in the block, and the PVC didn't do anything, of course. So I said, well, I'll, I'll buy the car from you. And Take it off their hands. Yeah, he said, just get it out of here. So I said, can I use your shop? He said, well, yeah. He said, but it's not going to do you any good because every time we change oil, it fills right up with water. Well, I didn't tell him because I went pissed. So I went back, drained it. It drained about five gallons of water out. So I drained it out, fired it up, put my dad in. I said, take this baby and run her home. I said, it'll be fine. I swapped the air cleaner around. And at the same time, I bought the most beautiful 37 Pontiac Coupe you ever seen. Mm. All original, mohair interior. Mm. I bought them both there and <laughs> sent my brother-in-law home with it. Wow. And they drove them home from Pittsburgh. Wow. So it was a lot That's of fun. That's a great story, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, I got like a zillion stories. I like but, that. But that car actually went to Atlantic City. And um, it went down there, and I sold it. And at the time, I doubled the money. I gave them 72, and it brought 14. Which is good back. That's a good, yeah, it's yeah. a good return. Yeah, so that was pretty good. Then I had, well, I didn't see a picture in here, but I had a Mercedes I bought from uh, the Porsche dealer in Atlantic City. Mm. It was a 53 or 56. I, I don't remember. It's been a while. Black with a black top and red leather. Mm. Mercedes convertible. And I forget what model it was. I had the picture in here. I, I, I wish I could find. This car was original down to the headlights everything it was gorgeous mm. well i buy it take it home think maybe i'll run it back to atlantic city and sell it so i took it back to atlantic city and the guy that run one of the big casinos bought it and they put it in a casino <laughs> so they bought that off of me that was a cool car oh yeah yeah that was a nice car that was really a nice oh it that's, was beautiful that's yeah. amazing when i find if i found a picture you go oh my god yeah and it was just it wasn't just beautiful condition it was a beautiful car it was a two-door five passenger convertible oh wow you know so that was a lot of fun mm. so yeah i took that down i sold a lot of stuff at uh, Atlantic City, though. Did you ever sell to anyone uh, of notoriety or uh, f- a famous person that uh, bought or sold from you? 
I don't know. I'm so bad with. I'm good at remembering cars and stories, but I'm really bad at people. Oh, that's all I right. had a back when the Corvette came out with the ZR1s. Yeah. I had a red one uh, that was. Uh, they had a couple hundred miles on, and um, I bought it and I sold it, and that went to uh, out to again Branscombe, Missouri. That's how I sold these cars to. Okay. And then him and I would split the profit. And that car went out to, uh, what the hell's his name? He was a uh, comedian. Oh. Joe Piscopo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bought that car. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I probably should pay more attention to, Yeah. like, I have a picture in here of a guy come up and looked at a turbo black Porsche I had, and he said, I come up from Baltimore. He said, I want to meet you because you're the only <laughs> person that has these cars. This is before everybody jumped on it. Yeah. And uh, his name is Hans Bora, and he raced for Porsche. Retired. Yeah, well, sure. So that was cool. He knows how to handle it. That's now, cool. anybody who raced Porsches knows him right away. Mm-hmm. Me, it didn't. Mm-hmm. I was in their cars. Right. But not so much. I, I wasn't always so much into the car, um, the the people. and right. I didn't stick with any one thing. I'm, just like I like all cars, I liked all kinds of car events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so that was, that was kind of interesting. But... There is quite a few. I'll tell you, another car I bought, you talk about celebrities, I bought a car one time, guy called, bought it, and it was a Lotus. Now, this is where i got to be careful. I came here, it was a Lotus 11 or a Lotus 7, but they only brought 7 or 8 into America. Well, I bought this car, and it was it was rough. It had wrong engine in it. Mm-hmm. It came out of Dillsburg in a barn. Wow. I buy the car. Sight and scene, bring it back because I bought it pretty right. It was a Lotus, and I had the car. And within a few days, I didn't get it advertised. A guy from Connecticut called. He said, You have a particular Porsche, or I mean, Lotus, and it was a Lotus 11. And I said, Yeah. He says, Can you give me the VIN number? I still remember it's 1059. I said, Yeah. And he says, Okay. He says, I want the car. He said, what do you want for it? And I told him. He says, I'll have my guys there with cash in the morning. What time do you get there? And I told him. And here, uh, turns out, he called me then. He said, you know, I just want to let you know, we've been looking for that car for years. That's the car that James Dean was buying when he got killed in his uh, Spider. No kidding. He said he was going in to pick his car up. And we've been looking for it. And this is back in the 80s. And he said, that car, he said, we'll, I said, well, it needs a lot. He said, we don't care. He said, we'll put eighty hundred thousand dollars in the car. But that's back when you yeah, yeah. could restore a Corvette for ten grand. So so it's uh so that you know, that went away. So that was the one wow. James Dean was picking up. That's cool. And that's what I mean. There's so many stories, and I'm getting older. Some of them if I think about it, then I think of a lot of stories of a lot of different cars. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a really Oh, yeah, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yep, that was the car James Dean was going to get. I'll never forget that. Then I had a uh, Aston Martin. I don't even know this guy. I mean, he must have been filthy rich. I had an Aston Martin with 20,000 miles, and guy called. Matter of fact, I seen it on one of the pictures there. Black. And when you know, I bought it at Carlisle mm. at the import show. Mm-hmm. I bought the car. I had it. It was so cool. It was like a 77 or something. Black stick shift with a Lagonda engine with Weber carburetors. Mm. This car was, I mean, it was cool. And they looked like a about a 67 or 8 Mustang Fastback is what mm-hmm. they looked like. Mm-hmm. So I buy the car. Now I didn't have it very long. I advertised it. And a guy called from Georgia, and he asked about it. And I gave him the VIN number, and he called... Uh, uh, Aston Martin of America, and they said, if that's that car that you give me a VIN number, they said, that is the nicest Aston Martin in America, of mm-hmm. older, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They, they said, that is the nicest one. Wow. And the guy said, I'll be up in the morning, and he sent his guys out with $36,000 and come up and bought this car. Wow. And uh, he here he was an Aston Martin collector. So... 
That's what I mean. I think his stories, and then you kind of remind because I sort of forget some of them. That's why I keep some of the pictures. It helps John. And it sort of reminds me. Yeah, yeah. But then I got into motorcycles, and then I'd... You've spent a lot of time in the saddle. I know when we talked on the phone... Oh yeah, a lot of yeah. motorcycle memories. And, yeah, you said the very best way to see the country. I mean, oh, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yep, without a doubt, one of the best books, and it wasn't a big book, anything but that thick. It's called Lois on the Loose. She described riding a motorcycle better than anybody ever did because she's from Great Britain, mm-hmm. and uh, she worked for BBC, and she had uh, bought a new Sparrow, a two fifty cc road and dirt bike and had it flown to uh alaska fairbanks flew over and rode it to the furthest point of the americas which is south america and uh, it was twenty three thousand miles on this little sparrow it was interesting if you ever i don't know if you're much in a read most people aren't yeah tell me the title again uh lois on the loose lois on the loose it is the best book i ever read because she described it the best she said she never rode a motorcycle until she picked that bike up in Atlantic uh, in uh, Alaska, and she said that the best she can describe is when she was a kid riding in a, her dad's car, and they'd go through the country. She'd look at the country through the window, and it was like looking at country on a t- television set. But when she got on a motorcycle, she realized. That's the only way you can be the pic- in the picture. And you can't do that with a car. Mm-hmm. And she was right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what the whole book was about. But mm-hmm. she described it the best, and that's what I really liked about it. Wow. You know, it was really interesting. Well, 23,000 miles, she probably went through... Four engines. I was Was that what it was? Four engines, And yep. how many pairs of tires and... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a cool and story. People make a big deal because they got a ride to Harrisburg on harley or something or a gold wing or something i go what the hell you know that's luxury <laughs> yeah can you imagine that yeah in south america but yeah the furthest point she went to the bottom then had to come back i forget which is was three thousand miles back to get to clear the nearest airplane or airport or ship or something <laughs> but that's a good book if that's, you ever want a, a good one to read that's a great story but yeah but it is a lot of interesting stuff you know i see a lot of cars and but most of my cars i buy people always ask me well why you buy this why you buy it i always tell them because i seen one when i was a kid yeah so i always try to get as close as i possibly can to it well that seeing the white Countach that was oh, yeah. my that was my car as a kid you know oh, I, that yeah. was always the poster car and and I would sketch that car in class when I was doodling and not paying attention and uh something about the Lamborghini Countach actually in uh in England which is they're a lot closer to where they're made than or we the, are oh sure yeah, know? Italy, yeah well my buddy I went over to see him I sold him cars actually quite a few cars and he collected muscle cars, mm-hmm. and he's a veg dealer, Volkswagen Audi Group. It was called. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, when I was over there, I seen one, and I said, "Kuntash." He says, "He says that sounds uh, more. Uh, how do you put it? More sexy or whatever you want to say when you say Kuntash." He said, "But it's Count Tack." Oh. He says, "Pronounced Count Tack." Oh wow! Okay. Well, when you look at the spelling, it's count tack. It is, yeah. And it makes more sense. Yeah. Because you count the tack, you know. I mean, <laughs> so, so he corrected me on that, you know. Wow. And uh, so I pronounce it count tack. Countach sounds cool, but yeah, actually yeah. count tack. How about that? You know, is actually how they pronounce it. And that V12 has a sound all to itself. Oh, yeah. It's like a Ferrari. I mean, the Ferrari has it. That exhaust note is so unique. Yep, I had a, uh, I bought a new Diablo. Well, the guy with the yellow Ferrari, yeah, I'll okay. show you. Yeah. Well, I traded that back in, so I'm new Diablo. Okay. They were, they, I think they listed for like a hundred and some thousand, but they were bringing a quarter million dollars, about mm. $250,000. Mm. Steve Furman in York, he's a jeweler. And uh, I sold him this car. It was cool, but I drove it some first. Scissor doors on it? 
Oh yeah, it mm-hmm. was a cool car. Mm. But the exhaust and when you got on them, the baffles opened straight through, and it was just like running straight exhaust when you were into it. Oh, it was a fast car. People didn't realize that it was a, uh, it was just a, a 302, believe okay. it or not, size, 12-cylinder. Okay. okay. But th- uh, 302 cubic inches, and a lot of people thought it was this monster engine, but it was 700 bhp horsepower. Which back then was unheard of. Well, that's even pretty much unheard of now. It is, yeah. Because not that many cars are, are that much BHP horsepower. No, no. And I'll tell you one thing. it uh, I took it for a ride from York up here one time. And I'll tell you, I got it on 83. Man, you think, who in the hell, how could a car be worth that much? When you drove it, you go, that car's worth everything. <laughs> I mean, it was fast. But it was a cool car. Wow. I'll, t- I'll say that. Absolutely ass-kicking car. <laughs> I'd love to hear that story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that car was beautiful. My wife, she talks about it. Well, when I had a house down in Edders, I'd buy all these cars. It'd be nothing. There's a pictures in there that shows it. I'd have 10, 15 cars sitting out there, and they were all Ferraris and Testarossas and Porsches and mm. because I was selling them all out. Right. To the, these car dealers. Right, right. Atlantic City. Illinois. It was your staging so area. I would just have them. Yeah, I lived in development, but it was at the end of the development. <laughs> and I'd have all these cars in. Police stopped one time. I thought, oh, bring new plates. They're going to raise hell. And uh, the cop, I went out, and he didn't. I said, well, I thought he was going to catch hell. He said, oh, no. He said, me and my buddy, we come down here every night. He said, and watch your cars. He said, make sure nobody messes with them. He said, but wow. he said, we see, we never would see these cars if you didn't have them here. No. Newberry Town Cops is who it was. That's pretty so cool. So that was pretty cool. That's you know story, what I mean? Yeah, yeah it is. That is. <laughs> so, well, you know, they're they're well protected. I mean, they were probably fans at the same time. You know that. Oh, yeah. Most cops are. Yeah. Most cops like cars. Yeah. Not all of them. Yeah. But most of them do, yeah. you know, or motorcycles. Right. So, yeah, so that's always interesting. But, boy, did sell a lot of cars. But had a lot of fun with them, too, going yeah. overseas. and You enjoyed them. I had another car bore you with another story. No, you're not boring me. Well, I had a Mercedes dealer, Atlantic City. And this uh, one boy that he was a manager, he called me. And uh, he always called me on cars. See, when they trade a car, they wanted to know what they were getting for it mm-hmm. before they traded it. Uh, okay. But they had honor back then. It's not like it is now. Mm-hmm. It, it's completely different business back mm-hmm. then. And Your what, word was your word. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was never money in exchange. It was like, you, if I tell them I'm going to give X amount for it, it was my car. Well, they called me one time. And... Uh, he said, we got a Mercedes down here. He says, it's a nice car. It's a, I forget what it was, 420. But it was, it was pretty new, mm-hmm. white. He says, we need you to give a figure what you'll buy it for. So I told him what they paid for it. And uh, he said, but you have to come down right now and get it. Mm. So I, I headed on down. I forget how in the hell I got there. I don't remember, but anyhow, because I used to take airplanes and trains and all kinds of ways. And anyhow, so I get down there and to Atlantic City, said, okay, we're going down to this casino. And then we went upstairs and the whole penthouse was owned by, and don't hold me to this. I don't think it was Gambino, but there was two families that was killing one another back then. Mm And it was the other family. Mm. So I go up there. Okay, Alex was his name from the Mercedes dealer. So I go up there, and they said, okay. And I paid them for the car. And all these guys are here, you know, they're, you know, bodyguards or whatever the hell they were. Self-made men and all mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And then they, they give me the title. And beautiful penthouse on top of the casino. And they said, okay. We're going to give you this car. Get in this car. It's full of fuel. It'll get you back to Carlisle. Do not get off any exits. Don't go through, uh, right through Philly. Go up the, uh, 
uh, school kill, you know, the way you would generally go, which is the way I would have went anyhow, mm-hmm. and get on the turnpike. Once you're on the turnpike, you're fine. But don't stop for anybody. We don't care if it's a cop. We don't care who. Don't stop. Go. Well, this is door. I naive. I didn't know. I'm just looking at. Hey, I can make a bunch of money off this car. So I headed up, and that's what I did. And I had no trouble at all. And they told me I probably wouldn't. Well, here the guy owned it. They just killed it a day or two before. He was a mafia boss. Mm-hmm. So, but he. They said, but not everybody knows he's dead. So they do know that this is his car, though. So we suggested you just do what we're telling you. So they followed me some to get me out past Philadelphia. And I never knew because those guys, when you say, well, why? Well, you don't say, well, why to them? You know, you just do what they say because it's not like I wasn't going to do it. You know, they're going to make sure I left with it, okay? One way or another. But I made it back, and then I shipped it right away out to uh, Missouri. So that's wow. how. Not everybody can say they've been through that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got back. I remember that story, and people go, "God damn!" My <laughs> friends used to say, "You should write a book, man." Some of the <laughs> shit you're in. I bought a '57 Chevy. Zalden, oh, same tied in with the same people in Pittsburgh. A guy who owned all the amusements and the machines. That's seven. Seven Valleys? Seven Springs, is it? Seven Springs, yeah, out near Pittsburgh. Yeah, the ski resort and all that? Yep. Fuzzy called me. He says, hey, Fuzzy's from uh, Auto Auto House, uh, Mm. Lamborghini dealer. Mm -hmm. He says, all right, he says, I'm going to meet you there. He said, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. He wants a 57 Chevy convertible. Well, I found one. Just, I was always really lucky. I'm sitting somewhere. Somebody walked in with a magazine from Florida. Said, here, I'd pick this up for you. It's classic cars for sale. I said, well, son of a bitch. You know, because <laughs> you didn't have this internet and all this right, shit going right, on. Right, 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 right. So I said, all right. I whip it over, and there's a red 57 Chevy. And I called this guy up and told him. I said, now, this is going back years ago, probably in the 90s. And, um... He said, what do you want for us? I said, $36,000. He said, all right. He said, come on out here, and I'll give you the money. I said, all right. So I ran back out, met Fuzzy, and met him. He gave me 36000 in 20s, 10s, 100s, and I had a duffel bag, green duffel bag about that big, and it packed it full with money. So I just hopped on an airplane, headed down next day to, to Florida to buy this car. If it was what it was supposed to be. And the guy I talked to him, he seemed, yeah. you know, he wasn't a dealer. He was just a guy that owned the car. Yeah. And uh, I thought, okay, so I fly, and he picks me up in Orlando. Turns out the car was a car that they used when you go through Disney World and yeah. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse is on the back yeah. sitting. Well, this was the same car. Oh my God. So I ended up buying it. And the guy says, all right, he said, he said, well, how are you going? I'll keep in the garage here. The transporter gets here. I said, well, you said I could drive this car anywhere. I said, I'm taking it. I'm leaving. I'm going down to my, to uh, Fort Lauderdale, visit buddy, do some car buying, and then I'm heading to Pennsylvania. And uh, he said, okay. So I get, get this 57 Chevy. I paid for it, cash. Everything was cool. And uh, <clears throat> I go to Fort Lauderdale. Hang out there for two or three days. Bought a whole truckload of cars. That's where I bought all my Corvettes and shit. Because mm. there's a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I get out the next day, and uh, <coughs> Mike. Um, I can't think of Mike's name. It kind of slipped my mind. Anyhow, I met him through Carlisle. Okay. Okay. Selling cars and all. I leave the next day. Right. Mm-hmm down there i said well, i'm gonna run home i'm gonna run it straight through this 57 is beautiful so i leave it wasn't i didn't leave early in the morning i decided to leave by mid-afternoon about two or three in the afternoon figure well i'll just drive straight through back then it was 24 hours to get home so i head out in this 57 chevy 
Red, white top. Oh, the I'm classic going down, colors, yeah. yeah. I'm, so I'm going up, uh, I can't remember, 95. Is it 95 or uh, route, uh, what the hell is the other route? Route 1. Mm -hmm. So I'm heading up through there. And I get up about, up above Daytona. So I get up there, and then it's, it, it, I'm running along the thing. Boy, this car's really good on gas. But I better get some gas. It's been on a quarter tank for a while. Well, some of bitch <laughs> run out of gas. Right on the highway. <laughs> so I thought, well, I ain't letting this son of a bitch stay here. So I'm trying to push it. Oh, and man. push it. Oh. Push it. And thank goodness I'm in good shape back in. So I uh, get so far, it's dark. It's Hell, it's probably midnight, 2 in the morning. So I leave the car there. I'm going, what the hell? Two guys with a pickup, old beep Ford pickup pulls up. He said, what's the matter, buddy? I told him, I said, well, I, I run out of gas. I got a shotgun in the back window. Uh, I mean, they were the full-blown yeah. swamp hillbilly. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, boy. They said, we'll go get you gas. I thought, yeah, they're probably going to go get a trailer you know, steal my car. So I had a piece of paper I wrote. Whoever finds this note with this date, my name's Paul Gettle, and I, I wrote the whole note because I had time because it was pretty good hold until they went again. I wrote this all out that I was killed by these two guys with a right. or green and white Describe the old truck. Ford pickup yep, with yep. the license plate. Then I fold up and put her dash thing. Well, someday somebody might tear a dash apart and find this note and right. read it, and they'll figure out my right. what happened. Some bitch ain't come back with five gallon, put in there. They said, look, it's about 20 miles to a gas station. Wow. You follow us. Wow. Meanwhile, now it's poor raining. I mean, really rain. I'm going up the road. I'm watching the wiper. Going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Here goes the right one. <laughs> no wiper. Ooh. About that time, whew, there goes the left one. <laughs> no wipers and poor raining, but I couldn't stop. But I was used to looking through a rainy windshield. You just watch your taillights now, I guess, right? Yeah, well, with a motorcycle, your eyes get used to it. So I go up the road, and uh, damn, they didn't pull in the <clears throat> gas station. And I filled up, and I give them $50, and they didn't even want it. They said, no, no. I said, well, I got to pay for gas. And they said, no, nope, nope. Wow. But I give them the money, and they said, we'll follow you. You know, you follow us, and we'll get you back out on the interstate. And I buzzed straight through after that. Wow. But that was a story. I thought, sure, I was going to be dead. So that was a good story. I'll tell you what. That was a true story. I thought, sure, well, that that's, I was dead. That was actually pretty smart on your part. You had the wherewithal to think, wow. Well, one thing you killed was nice if somebody pays for it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I don't know where in the hell is my other picture. Boy, I got so much if stuff. You, uh, I got two other pictures I'll show you then. Last thing I was going to ask you is that Tell us a little, I mean, the, the listeners a little bit about the power tour. Just what's in. Oh, yeah. Well, I went on the power. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you. Here. This is some of the little stuff you get. You get a bunch of stuff in the power uh, nice. tour, okay? okay? But I got a whole bunch of stuff somewhere. Well, lo and behold, I, I went on this power tour, and I have a nephew from Raleigh, okay? And my nephew, he's about 35, so I always call him. Mm -hmm. And he went on the power tour, except that he's in Raleigh. Mm. So he had to fly into Baltimore. I had to go from here to Baltimore, then back up the Pennsylvania border, then across to go in 79 to go. It, see, it started in Kentucky, the Corvette Museum. Mm. Bowling Green, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we did all this. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I did 2,640 miles on that car because it's Christ. the biggest rolling car show in the world. It's 5,000 of us. So... Every day it started in Kentucky. Next day would be Tennessee, then Georgia, and went all the way through and ended in Concord, North Carolina. Wow. Okay. And the uh, um, he lives in Raleigh. So we spent the night in Raleigh, then mm -hmm. went to it, come back, I spent the night up and come home. And then this year it starts in Concord. Oh, my. Okay. Matter of fact, I think it's going on right now. But that was a lot of fun. That was really interesting. What vehicle did you take? I'll show you a picture. Okay. 60, okay. 60, uh, awesome. five galaxy convertible. Uh, okay. 
But I had, uh, wow. I don't know what I did with all my stuff. Well, here, I'll show you something. I'm missing one piece of my puzzle that I'll show you. Mm -hmm. Right here. This is a puzzle, but I'm missing one part because they run out. But see, this started here. Uh, okay. Went down here. Then you see it went like That's this. That's really cool. Raleigh. Then this was Concord. That's cool. And, and each stop, you got a magnet. Now, I don't know what I did with my stuff because Clever when I idea. sold the car, I took the stuff out. But I have a thing that they had to sign and stamp every day. That's really That neat. you made it to it. Like a passport stamp. Yeah. 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 Really cool Always concept. here somewhere amongst all this stuff. Mm. But, yeah, here's some of the stuff. Yeah, here you go. Hot Rod Power Tour. Oh, wow. Hot Rod Power Tour. They gave us some cool things. Uh, <coughs> oh, here. They give you this. Yeah. Really then, nice. Uh, let me see here. Rat Bank House. Official Long Haul Power Tour. Yeah. Seven cities, seven days. I'll have to take a picture of that. That is cool. Yeah. Why don't you do, it'll only take me two Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Mind, yeah, no, please. I'd rather take, I'm kind of remember stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, tell you about my big trip to California, my 67 Chevelle. I want to hear that. I'll take pictures of these pictures. Yeah. Oh, nonstop. Oh, my God. And then I took it out to Atlantic, or I took it out to uh, Seven, what is that, Seven Springs? Seven Springs, yep. Yeah. Sold it to the guy. And while I'm there, luck would have it. I'm there, and he has a swimming hole, beautiful home. He says, you know what I'd like to have? He says, what? He said, I'd like to have one of his old English phone booths, cast iron, I know, roll exactly. the windows, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and I'm going to make it into a dressing room, change clothes. I said, that'd be cool. Where in the hell you'd ever get one, I don't know. The next day, that was on a Saturday, Sunday, damn, if there wasn't an ad in Patriot News, that a friend of mine, Jay Shutt, bought about 10 of them from England and had them shipped back. So in West Fairview, up on the hill, over uh, Overland. So I went down, seen him, and bought one. And uh, loaded it up and took it right out. So I got one. So I took it right back out and made he, some money off of it. He probably thought you were a rainmaker. Oh, yeah. So he had took all glass out, sandblasted, painted red again. It still had the original numbers from England all mm -hmm. on it. And he had a crane there, and the guy didn't hook it right, <laughs> just like this, probably didn't listen to nobody, mm. coming way high out over the the uh, trees and all that to get to the swimming pool. Cable broke, it come down, hit the concrete, went a million pieces. Because uh, they're cast iron, so they yeah, shatter like yeah. glass, um, you know? Oh, it made him sick. He called, and he wanted me to give another one. I said, I don't. I think he sold them all, which he did then. Yeah. But, oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> but that was funny, though, because the next day, how lucky can that be? Yeah. You, there it is, reading the Patriot News. That's something <laughs> Picture you don't, of one. Don't so, see those every Sunday morning. Yeah, it was morning. an article, uh, just a human interest article, yeah. you know? Oh, my word. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you've yeah. had some really cool. I, I agree with all your friends. You need to make a coffee table book. <laughs> yeah, that's an L, Sam. I'm probably forgetting, but oh, yeah, people used to tell me, God, get on. They'd listen to my story. They said, How in the hell did he even make it back? There were so many times I thought I was going to end up dead, mm -hmm. you know, with stuff I did. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Yeah, but we had fun with the motorcycles, and oh, crazy. I covered so many miles on a motorcycle. You said you've crisscrossed North America. And oh, yeah. Went all bear tooth Mountain. But what we used to do was different than most people. When I travel, I don't go anywhere that advertises. No tourist traps. And I hate to be around a lot of people. So mm -hmm. I don't go to beaches and all that shit. Mm -hmm. I find the place that is the least seen... But I usually, what I do when I travel on a motorcycle, I'll go into a country restaurant out west in Wyoming or somewhere. I'll go in, I breakfast, and people are always going to come up and talk to you, especially if you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. They feel like, you know, you're yeah. lonely or something, but they always come up. And then they'll say, I'll say, well, I'm, I'm going here or there. Can you tell me something that's really nice to see that would not be in a book or anything? And they'd say, yep. Right up here is the oldest bridge in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. It was a steel bridge, but it's blocked off. You can't go across. It was only <clears throat> the width of this building. Oh, okay. And uh, I said, all right. But they blocked it off. I said, okay. So I went up to it. Me and my buddy. I had a buddy, uh, Mark Kugler. Him and I traveled everywhere. So we went up, and they had a uh, post put in. Mm. And I got off. I said, Mark, I think... If I take my saddlebags off, I think my bike will fit through there and go over that bridge. I want to travel the oldest bridge in Wyoming. He said, oh, my God, he said, you're going to get us in trouble. I took my bags off, right on just through. fed it, went across it, out the other side. <laughs> so it was pretty neat, though, you know. Oh, my God. People laughed. We were out in uh, Sturgis one year, and I said, <laughs> let's forget this road. Let's take this gravel road oh my. and see where it goes. Their gravel roads are nice, but they're big. Uh -huh. But semis hauling two and three truck full of uh, stone, they piggyback them. Oh they have uh, truck trains. Mm -hmm. They'll travel them roads 70 mile an hour. They're mm -hmm. not like our dirt roads, mm -hmm. but they're still shit flying yeah dust yeah. rolls right so we got out there i said let's go this way it was off of uh right below the wall it was called the wall halfway i've been just, there okay well, that's been, where we were yeah. and well when a you billboard go south, every mile for that place. Huh? they have a billboard advertising every mile before you get to yep wall drug yeah yep when you get down exactly if you go south direct if you go to the left east it will be blacktop mm. but if you go down and go I'm sorry, if you go this way west, no, that would be east. Mm -hmm. But if you go down and go west towards Rapid City, it's dirt or it's, it's gravel. Mm -hmm. Best way to go. Nobody out there. So we're riding along on our bikes, and uh, we always kept cold beer on the bikes and all. And we're riding along, and uh, we just stopped in the middle of the road because there's nobody around. <laughs> so we stopped. We said, well, isn't this nice? So we're sitting there drinking beer, sitting on our bikes, and... Uh, I said, yeah, I said, something about no girls out here, no partying. Two girls stopped in a car, believe it or not. <laughs> they were models from New York going to L.A. <laughs> they stayed there and had beer with us and talked. And then they said, well, you take us for a ride on your bike. So we said, yeah. So then we took them all around the road and everything. <laughs> and they were going, they said, you get to L.A. I had their name and number then. Oh but, but they said, you get to LA, you look us up like that, and here we are, a couple old guys, 50, and they're uh, these two 20-year-old models. They were hot, so so they rode with and got pictures. And you really do have a. You were born under a lucky star. Oh, it was it was fun. Uh, Mark Kugler, he's my buddy. He's a damn gal. He said, wherever you go, he says you always seem to find something, you know. Right. So where in who now hell else where you meet two models? Going to New York to LA, but in the middle of a dirt road. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Then we had a picture. Oh, my God, was it beautiful. When, have you ever been out? Well, you were there because yeah. you said, well, if you go the way I'm telling you, mm -hmm. we're going around this big-ass turn, and I looked over <laughs> to the left, way back in there, and there's a big bull, buffalo, mm. by himself. Mm. That's when you kept away from him. Mm -hmm. And he's back there, and this... It, this is uh the badlands mm -hmm. so it's dusty i'll tell you i wish i'd have had a good camera because i just don't hardly take any pictures but a good camera this big guy stood up now, i remember the rocks were here and he's laying and i guess we stopped to watch him and he got up and he's a pretty good distance away maybe you know 50 yards he stood up and snorted down near the ground and this dust come flying up and then he took his foot and, ooh, oh my like this you know we look oh you should have seen the Fired dust show when he did it yeah but you should have seen how beautiful it was uh. out there in the middle of nowhere and these rocks then this dust and it was so cool when he had his head down he, yeah it snorted <gasps> yeah like that and then this dust would go whew, whew, look like a steam engine wow. you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah yeah oh man if i'd had a really a good cam of a mm -hmm. picture of that mm -hmm. it was gorgeous That'd he was a big winner. boy then we had it was it gonna charge you hell i don't know i'd get in the hell out i wouldn't <laughs> stick around and find <laughs> ask out any questions. but we watched him but he stayed wow. i think if we headed towards him that yeah we'd have lost but <laughs> wow. well thank oh, god yeah 
I appreciate you giving me some of your, well, big chunk of your evening. I'll let you get in. Oh. And we are back to the Cars of Carlisle Studios. Thank you to Paul for opening up uh, his garage and space to talk to us about all the cool things he's done. And a special thanks to Paul, too. We had done that interview quite some time back. We've had so much activity throughout the summer of 2019 with car shows and travel and trips and car, uh, other car events that we wanted to cover in there. Uh, Paul's been very patient uh, until his episode went live and, and aired. So thank you to you, Paul. So for those of you that uh, haven't... Uh, come up with the answer yet let's go ahead and do that now the question that i had asked was when was the first carlisle productions or carlisle events car show and the answer is on september 26 1974 uh, both bill miller and chip miller rented the carlisle fairgrounds and that they held that first event and, and dubbed it the post-war 74 and keep in mind that this was during the time when there were still extremely high gas prices inflation was through the roof people would wait in line for hours and hours and they would only be able to get gas on a certain day i remember my parents could only get gas on like it was uh, uh you had certain days of the week that you were allowed to otherwise if you were out of gas you probably didn't travel much so it was uh, it was a difficult time and and things were tough however in spite of all of that uh chip and bill successfully uh, were able to uh, garner a great first showing. They had 600 vendors there. Uh, they took up more than 800 spaces on the fairgrounds and 13,000 spectators came through the gates paying a dollar uh, to, to go through and, and actually see what this was all about. So uh, two entrepreneurial spirits that uh, found uh, a, a need and, and took great advantage of that and they've been building uh, an amazing business ever since. So that is this week's answer. To wrap, just want to say thank you for being a continued tuber. Keep putting the word out. And we are looking forward to having you back next week for another exciting episode of Cars of Carlisle. You are definitely a part of this network. This is your podcast. We just happen to be in the driver's seat. So for now, I'll simply say, drive well, be well, and take care.